0: Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech and Future Tech Health podcast. I have Arnold DeLoof. He's the author of the book, What is Life? The Immaterial Dimension and Communication, Life, Mega Evolution, Decrypting Life's Nature. Um, He's uh, worked as a professor of biology at the University of Leuven in Belgium since 1973. Uh, His major interest is in the evolution and mode of action of the endocrine system of animals. Uh, so a lot of good stuff to talk about here. So Arnold, thank you for coming.
1: It's a pleasure to be with you.
0: Yeah. So Arnold, what um, what has been the focus of uh, your studies for so long? What what part what fascinates you about life and about uh, organisms?
1: Yeah. Well, uh, my original basic interest was, when I did my PhD study, the the endocrine system of animals, in particular of of insects. So actually, I am um, an animal physiologist by training. But when I started my PhD, that was in, uh, in the late 60s, There was a very big uh, difference between the the attitude of vertebrate hormone people and invertebrate hormone people. I was in the the corner of uh, the insect people at that moment when I started only one insect hormone was known. And uh, the attitude at that time was, oh, insects, yeah, they are just uh, black boxes. Uh, they, don't, mm. they don't have hormones and they don't need it. That was vertebrate, people said. But I saw the complexity of the physiological system. I said that is not possible and be as complicated as uh, the vertebrates that's what, where my interest uh, in evolution started so the way to go was well identify the hormones of insects so and that is what uh, I have spent uh, most of my life in uh, this in that area so my laboratory identified dozens of new uh, this hormones and in the end this, and the end result of that is that insects are for their hormonal system as complicated as the vertebrates, but uh, for evolution, even more, many of the hormones are almost exactly the same, which was a very oh, wow. good indication for the for the common descent uh, principle of evolution theory.
0: Yeah, so what, there you know, is... Uh, what, what... What has yeah, well, uh, what have insects taught you about evolution
1: Well that they are ahead of the vertebrates in evolution yeah we always think this, that they are simple animals they are not but, uh, well they actually they had a very clever strategy well being small, a very high re- uh, reproduction, reduction, this rate, and most of all, they miniaturized almost all possible things. They are small. Well, I usually uh, just compare it with, um, uh, well, if we talk in uh, this computer's vertebrates with their big brain, these are the uh, about the animals that choose the, the wrong side of evolution in fact so their brain is like the huge IBM computers in the time insects are the ones that have miniatri- miniaturized everything Those are the telephones that we have now in our hand with their uh, <laughs> huge uh, this memory so the uh, that is, in fact, is just opposite for what most people think. These insects are many, many, many generations ahead of us. That uh, so they're,
0: ma- they're masters of miniaturization.
1: Miniaturization, yeah. Well, some of the hormones in their brain, uh, protein hormones, are only made by two cells. And that's it. That's enough. It's impossible with vertebrates, of course. And then the the next point um, in my career was, uh, after I became professor here in, uh, in Leuven, Yeah, most professors here have to teach a lot, in particular to uh, the uh, bachelor students. So I was giving a course for uh, general zoology, several other courses, uh, and in that uh, course, I introduced the idea of evolution, uh, this theory. But I told the students, well, there is a big problem with that theory because evolution should deal with the evolution of life in its totality. It's not just uh, how the new species come into existence. Of course, that's uh, that's important. But the problem with that is, if you want to study. The evolution of something. Define your subject, and only then you can be sure that uh, at least the explanation you will come up uh, will deal with the right thing. And
0: then well, I don't. What, uh, uh, what is your focus
1: on? I did focus on well, well. Just uh, to continue for a little bit, one of the students said, well, if it is uh, so difficult to to define life, why don't you do it yourself? If none of the definitions that were available in the early 70s please you, why don't yourself? So I said, well, that's quite a, a challenge. And then... Uh, I started to do that, and it took me about two years before I found out how to do it, how to define life. And what turned out to be the problem, well, most people, more, most biologists thought it was not possible, because that was all textbooks compare living systems with non-living systems, just comparing the opposites, which was done all the time. But why did that not yield a definition? I have been thinking and thinking until uh, through a book on philosophy, I came to uh, a sentence that said, you have to, well, one thing of one property can only have one opposite. But if you do that living system, non-living system, A living dog that you can, with non-living, a bottle, a brick, a pencil, and so on. So these were not the right opposite. But what were the right opposites? Finally, I found it. It was still being alive, and one second later, no being alive anymore. And that raised the question... What changes at the very moment of death? Mm, and yeah, I guess some, a, a very simple question, but it was not simple. at, at all to, to solve it. And then, uh, well, I finally found it. It was the, um, it is the ability to communicate at the highest level of organization. and and that, in an irreversible way, is to exclude uh, regeneration, especially in plants. But why has it to be the highest level of organization? Well, take a rabbit, for example, that we are going to sacrifice for the kitchen. If you would cut uh, one leg, it's not that. It's only if its brain... Gets irreversibly destroyed. Then, at that moment, is dead. Even if the heart would still be beating and, and so on, and that. Uh, so that led to the next uh, step. This what is life? Life is well. Life. The term sounds like a noun, but it is an activity. So it is a verb. And that is yeah, how are you uh, further um, yeah, deal with that. Because if, life, well, if communication activity is so important, is, um, how can living systems well, communicate? What is the basic structure that they need? And there came my background as uh, an endocrinologist well, all living systems are organized in the form of sender's receivers. This whatever, whether it is a population or whatever whatever it is, each living system is organized as a sender receiver. So the sender produces a carrier of a, a message, a message releases it, that travels through the blood or through the air, whatever it it is, arrives at um, a receiver and the receiver has to catch it first and then decode it. That was the next step. Quick question question here. Quick question here.
0: (coughs) Would you say that cells individual cells within our own body, for instance, they exhibit all these things as well. Sending,
1: receiving, interpreting. Yes, Yes, very good question. Any level organization does that. A mitochondrion communicates with environment in the cell, one cell communicates uh, with another tissues, communicate with other tissues t- and so on. Our body is composed of systems all organized as Henry's but at different levels of complexity. And if you add all that up, then you have the total uh, communication activity of uh, the thing, but that is an enormous, enormous complex system, but based on a very simple uh, this principle. But then I okay. um, can yeah, we go okay. back for a
0: moment? You said what? What yes, changes yes, the yes. moment that an organism dies? What what kind of uh, what communication? Kind of- why do you think that uh, an organism dies, for instance, when its brain is crushed? What? What? I guess there's a master signal maybe that goes out to the rest of the body that tells it. All the electric, right, this band.
1: The electrical one. It is the electrical dimension of cells that gets irreversibly destroyed. That falls to zero because all cell cells have a membrane potential, they drive an electric current through themselves, the electric, that they make this by themselves. And a cell dies at the very moment that it loses its electrical dimension. It has no membrane potential anymore. This does not drive an electric current through itself, but in an irreversible way. That's important. If you can regenerate, then it's not that yet. that moment. So it is the electrical dimension that matters. Hmm.
0: Okay. And have you studied um, viruses, for instance, like... What is your determination of viruses? Are they alive? Or are they not, according to your criteria? A
1: virus is not, is not living at all because it has no membrane, no no membrane with ion pumps and uh, channels and so on. The um, virus cannot produce an own electrical dimension. It just uh, a clump of uh, organic molecules, DNA, RNA, with some uh, proteins.
0: Well, they, they do seem to have purpose and intent, they do seem to have a, I don't know, you can call it a desire to propagate themselves and they do seem to take action in the right condition. So, what is it about them that makes them not alive to you or to other people?
1: Yeah, but it's not enough that they reproduce, they do not reproduce themselves like uh, well, cells are so do, they get reproduced because their host does that, so the viruses do not do that by themselves and they certainly do not uh, well, have a goal to do that, because in evolution there is no goal, and well, not even a physiology. It is the, you know.
0: Where do you think viruses come from, for instance, and had it, they do have their own unique code because they act differently. But where do you think they come from?
1: Oh, they must have been uh, split off from DNA molecules. But if they are DNA viruses, a small piece that got uh, loose was taken up by a cell and got uh, reproduced. So they are sort of, uh, yeah, breakdown products from uh, bigger mo- uh, DNA uh, the molecules that, in the end, uh, behave themselves as parasites.
0: Okay. So, uh, I'm sorry I interrupted you, but continuing on with uh, your studies, please go ahead.
1: Yeah. Well, I uh, this further studies done with theory of evolution. So, the basic principle is that Darwin... Uh, already formulated as the common descent. Yeah, we all uh, uh, are the progeny of uh, very ancient, ancient bacterium or whatever it is. So we all share the same descent. But then, uh, just to continue with the theory of uh, self-evolution, well, if... um, Life is communication activity and contains information. Then my question was at a given moment um, upon which cellular principle is that basic, which system can handle information? That, uh, is the sender receiver uh, the system? But the sender receiver there are two memory systems. There's one for what I started to call as the hardware, our body, this, that's the DNA. But uh, in our body, this, we have the DNA for all the proteins and our hardware, but also our brain teaching, learning, and all these things. But The principle of our cognitive memory are not coded for, or only to a certain extent, by the DNA. That's another principle. So I said, well, instead of, um, well, let us first look again at what Darwin said in his book, On the Origin of Species by Means of Natural Selection. Everybody knows that. Does that yield the principle to explain senders, receivers, transfer of information? Well, it doesn't. But uh, well, we need another language for that. And well, I usually told my students: Darren lived in the air the era of the analog computers." Now we live in the digital uh, era. This with, uh, then you have the hardware but also the software. And yeah. the, these two entities, these two memory systems have their own rules. So well, like the evolution of our uh, of our computers, it are these engineers that make uh, then designed as the hardware and all the rules of that but it are the software engineers who write the programs to run it and these are, it's is totally different language so if you look at uh, living systems and their evolution uh, I called it to, to my students well look at evolution and at, uh, as Een dubbel continu- continuum, een hardware continuum en een software continuum. Both with their own rules and principles. The memory of the hardware DNA, is the central dogma that we understand. The software, that's how we brain and teaching, learning works that we hardly know anything about it. That's the next big challenge for the generations to come this hardware, software, and then for students, what they love it, my grandchildren, if I tell uh, them how evolution works, in my opinion. So they are so used with hardware and software, of course, so what else would you expect? So it's natural for them.
0: Yeah, it's weird when you think about organisms, the hardware, if you can call it that, is the structure of the cells and the organism and the software is the chemical oh, the, and the electrical and mechanical the chemical. communication between yeah. cells. Yeah. But software and organisms seems to be ignored quite a bit. Maybe people think maybe it's just chemical communication at best, but uh, there appears to be many forms of communication amongst cells. Oh, yes. So oh, software yes. and
1: organisms is oh. super important. Well, of course, they do have uh, to come together There's in our brain you have the neurotransmitters of all sorts this, these are chemicals and uh, and to make these yeah of course you need the, the DNA and all the enzymes and so to produce it. but where the actually the uh, the important thing in learning and so is the electrical changes that are uh, generated. But cellular electricity is not coded for in the DNA, and that is also a misunderstanding that uh, many people have. What is heredity? Uh, you inherit the genes of uh, your parent, 50-50, mother, the genes, that's inheritance. But what about uh, the electrical dimension, which is not coded for in uh, in the DNA, or only to well, because it is carried carried by sodium ions, potassium ions, and so on? So that's not coded. Well, this is shared by the parent cell to the daughter cell. Part of the membrane of the parent cell is. Shared with the daughter cell, and that contains the ion pumps and so on, the electrical dimension. So we have two memory systems, and both are inherited. This one is truly inherited. The other one is the electrical one. is just shared between parents and daughter cells.
0: Okay. Where do you think uh, life came from? How did it originate? I'll give you an easy question. What's your answer? What's your answer to that one?
1: Well, the virus. Is that the question again?
0: No, where where, where did, did life it? how where and how did life originate? Oh, yep. I was joking. Um, I was joking <laughs> that I'm gonna give you an easy question. So that's my easy question for you.
1: I think it originated on Earth in the uh, primitive sea in the hot water. But I do not exclude the possibility that uh, with meteorites uh, but carrying bacteria or these ancient bacteria that that may also have been at the origin of life. So I would not exclude that possibility. But if it originated on Earth, it should have been... Uh, Life should have been originated in the form of uh, these primitive bacteria, where around volcanoes uh, in the sea. Yeah,
0: okay. Well, it's weird. How did life come from non life? What was the driving force that crossed that barrier? It's a Strange thing to think of. How could that have happened?
1: If it came from outside, your question.
0: How, how no? would life at first made the jump from non-life to life? How do you think out that from, first crossing well, happened?
1: Yeah, yeah. From non-life to life, that's the acquisition of the electrical dimension. So that must uh, have been a. Formation of a compartment there's a lipid membrane this according to specialists that was not that difficult to make a membrane a sack this of lipids and at certain evolution proteins must have come into being which were lipophilic so when they encountered the membrane they jump into into the membrane. If one of these uh, proteins could transport protons, this hydrogen ions, from one side to the other, that was enough to establish the first electrical dimension. And that has been, that system has been continued for a billion years before then, sodium and potassium and so to go for. So the Acquisition of becoming life was the acquisition of the electrical dimension. And this, the ion that did it was probably the proton of which, by the activity of this that protein, its concentration became different inside towards the outside world, which, on which side the high concentration was, was did not really matter. So it is electricity where it was all about, in my opinion at least. Okay.
0: Well, very good. So what what are you um, thinking about today? What is your most recent thoughts and what do you want to figure out now?
1: Well, well, that's, I am retired already quite a number of years and um, I still um Continue thinking and writing about uh, uh, hormones. This more than about uh, the theory of evolution. This once you have formulated the concept that uh, But what uh, for the moment I do is um, thinking about uh, big holes in our knowledge on uh, on hormones and. One particular hormone this is, the, this is the one I started to study already 15 years ago. That's um, this a hormone that keeps insects young in their larval stages. And at the moment that they uh, no longer produce it, this is when that disappears from their body, then they start. With it. Uh, undergoing metamorphosis. There's a very uh, beautiful process, very drastic, and so on. So, that hormone and in insect is known, its uh, chemical is known from 1968. It's a very small, small one, but it is also present in our body in large quantities, but nobody knows. What it does. There's no vertebrate, and this cannot explain how we can be a child and is being young without using a hormone. Well, actually, I found out we use exactly the same hormone as insects, Farnesol but it is not a protein and everybody is looking for a protein hormone, but it is a terpene, (laughs) very simple um, uh, molecule. And the reason why it is so important in the body, not only of insects or so, of all eukaryotic cells, is that it is an essential part of the calcium homeostasis system. And what it does is to keep calcium concentration low in all eukaryotic cells. But if that fails, then you become sick. Yeah. Huh. This, the, yeah my major interest is now this that uh, hormone and the relationship with calcium. Yeah.
0: What? Okay. So it's trying to keep calcium at a certain level, you're saying?
1: Yeah, excuse me. Is
0: it, so, you, you're saying that the uh, organism's regulation of calcium is critical? Yeah. That if it's not
1: regulated yes. properly, yes. Will yes. Lead to yes, yes. Well, um, well, it has also taken a long time in my life. <laughs> I am now 78 years old. It's only less than 10 years that I realized myself how important calcium is. And second thing was uh, why can uh, calcium be used as a secondary messenger? That's very important, this molecule. And uh, to my own surprise, as it turned out, it can be a second messenger because calcium is toxic in cells. Um, what does it do? Well, um many proteins and also other mo- molecules change form when the concentration of calcium in their environment rises. And yeah, the most uh, obvious example of that is muscle contraction. That's always calcium up and down, calcium this dead. Oh, okay. Okay.